You're listening to Force Friends Rewatch, a Star Wars TV show podcast. From Rebels to Resistance and The Mandalorian to Ewoks, we've got you covered. Here's your warning, there will be spoilers. And there will be swearing, because our host just gets so gonk darn excited to talk about these good, good shows. Welcome to Force Friends Rewatch. I'm your host, Andy. And I am Ryan. Force Friends Rewatch is a Star Wars podcast with people who aren't dicks. And, <laughs> Allegedly. And we discuss Star Wars TV shows. Uh, probably too much. We are currently covering <laughs> Rebels Season 1, Episode 7? Let's go with 7. I think it's out, 7. Out of Darkness? You know, the Out one with darkness. the weird bat yeah. puppies, <laughs> the big bats. But before we get into the bat puppies, we uh, what's new, Ryan? How's how's life? How's Star Wars fandom? Uh, it's pretty good. I mean, it's always good. Like you said, we aren't dicks. That's always good. I visited a kid's hospital today as Anakin Skywalker. That was pretty rad. Kids still like That's Anakin. awesome. Yeah. I feel like a bit of a dick sometimes when I'm like being Anakin because I think it's important to sell the character. And so like today I walked into a child's hospital room and I, I greeted her with, how's it going? I'm Anakin Skywalker, but I expect you already knew that. The honor is all yours. And then I'm like, wow, like I want to punch myself in the face, but that's who he is. No, that's that's perfect <laughs> Anakin. Uh, it it <laughs> is you. one of the reasons why I will always see you as Luke because uh, I think I th- I think I think you pull off Luke extremely well. Anakin is Thank you. Uh, Anakin's an ass. Yeah, he really is. The I think my peak Anakin moment was in a parade when a kid like called me over to the side of the road and he was like, "Are you Anakin?" And I was like, "Well, if you have to ask, I'm General Skywalker." And like I was like, "Man, like what did it?" But the kid lit up. So I was like, "All right, I did something right." Now I say that all the time. <laughs> That's awesome. How about you? How's Star Wars treating you these days? Um, so I was very excited that Sinjir was announced uh, for Star Wars Destiny, which yes, is a, which is I a game I I have avoided like the plague because it's it's it's, <laughs> it's plastic crack. Um, and then this week they canceled it. So uh, I heard. I was like thinking, like, man, if Sinjir's in it, like. Maybe I'll dip my toe in and just get like you know enough to to have a, a hand to play, but they they canceled it, so I'm safe. I'm safe from another Star Wars game. Um, <laughs> Why did they cancel it? It seemed very successful. I don't follow this stuff, so I don't know. Uh, it it has been successful. Um, I think it just uh, a big issue was like their overseas shipments. Which oh. like once you start getting into nitty gritty business stuff like that, I can't really follow it. They did say they wanted to focus more on Legion and X-Wing, which uh, is their two biggest sellers for, for yeah. FFG right now. So, like, I guess I get it. But uh, it's a shame because it was way more approachable than Legion or X-Wing. Yeah, that's what I hear. Like, it was it was accessible because it's pretty much just a card game, right? Like, there's dice Yeah, and it's stuff, card, but, but there's a dice mechanic. Um, but, it you know, no no miniatures, no models, no painting. 
no giant Man. price tag like X-Wing and Legion, so... Well, that's uh, a bummer. It is a bummer. Uh, and, like, right after Sinjir came to it, it's a shame. Sinjir needs to be in every yeah. game. Seriously, I was really happy to finally see what he looked like. Yeah, first official art. I was so thrilled. And he looked cool. He looked badass. It was pretty much what I pictured. Like, yeah, he was sexy. All re- through reading Aftermath. Yeah. He was, he was dashing with, like, an edge. Like, that's what, that's what he needed. I immediately texted Evan. I was like, there's official Sinjir art, finally. <laughs> uh, Evan is my fiancé, for the listeners. And uh, he was like, is he sexy enough? And I was like, I think so. I think they got it. <laughs> yeah, I would agree. That's uh, that's my big Star Wars fandom for the week. Uh, or, I guess, the two weeks is... Oh, and the... Is it the Tenth Sister? Fuck her. Which one? Uh, in uh, the, the Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. The, the, is that the Tenth oh, Sister? Oh, the Second Sister. Or the big no, one? The, the, the big one. The thick one. The big lady is the Ninth Sister. Ninth <laughs> Sister? The one who's a space orc. <sighs> She's kicking my ass. She has my least favorite line in that whole game. Because it's just too tacky, even for a Star Wars game. When Cal says, like, it's in that fight. When... Not a spoiler, but she says something about, like, not bad for trash. And Cal says, what about for a Jedi? And she <laughs> says, what's the difference? Come on, man. In, in her defense, Cal's response was way worse. I mean, yeah, but he is a kid. She is, who knows? But I think, although we don't know how that species ages, I mean, come on. But I think, I was just saying to somebody today that, Fallen Order has a great story and an awful script. Yeah. Uh, Space Doc did a video that was very funny. Uh, it was like every conversation in Fallen Order. And uh, it's it's someone doing like the voices of Grease and Cal and um, Seer. Uh, and it's 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 too spot on. It's it's very uh, I funny. Check that out. But yeah, Fallen yeah, Order's like, great. I can't beat the Ninth Sister. She keeps kicking my ass. So. There is no shame in dropping that difficulty down. There is. There is shame, Ryan. No, there's no shame. I finished that game on the lowest difficulty level. I've never done that before, but the last three or so boss battles <sighs> were just horrible. And that's why you wouldn't have survived Order 66, Ryan. I really wouldn't have. I would you can't not drop have. the difficulty on clones when they're coming for you. Oh, another exciting Star Wars thing. Order 66 made me think of the Jedi Temple. It made me think of Temple Guards. I made a really weird discovery this week, like Star Wars related. And some of you probably already knew about this, and I'm angry at you for not telling me. Um, So last weekend, uh, for my birthday, we went to Disney and we did the lightsaber building experience. Oh my God, that was amazing. I turned into a 10-year-old. My girlfriend told me like, Something happened to my face from the moment I saw a kyber crystal until the moment I turned the lightsaber on where I was like 20 years younger. What color did you go? I went with green. You know, they tell you to close your eyes and then when you open them, there's like a cache of kyber crystals and just pick the color that called to you when you closed your eyes. And green called to me. It was it's it sounds so weird. But speaking of colors and crystals afterwards we've had a yellow kyber crystal for a while and so we picked up a holocron because i'd been wanting one and i wanted to see whose crystal i got turns out i got qui-gon's but our yellow crystal i thought was maz because i had heard that most of the yellow crystals were maz and whatever so i put it in the holocron and this like deep voice starts talking about 
how he is Colomo Re, and he is the captain of the guard of the Jedi Temple, and like talking about how you become a Temple Guard and what the significance of their lightsabers is, and the fact that they have no ranks besides one captain, and just going on and on and on, like a good three, four minutes of original dialogue about the Temple Guards from this Colomo Re character. That's so cool. Yeah, but all I found was a Leland Chi tweet that was cryptically like, there is nothing more to say about Colomo Re at this time. So now Becca and I spend all of our free time theorizing who Colomo Re is. That's rad. Maybe he's Big Starklighter. Maybe. He could be Big Starklighter. (laughs) Well, speaking of crazy theories, uh, I think Sabine Wren had some theories about who Fulcrum could be, as did we all. Should we jump into that, or...? Yeah, let's let's talk about the Star Wars TV show that we're supposed to talk about. Allegedly, it's the only thing we ever talk about. All right, so, Out of Darkness is an episode of Star Wars Rebels that I watched uh, a bit longer ago than I should have. I like to rewatch this <laughs> right before we record, but it, it's been a, a few weeks uh, since I watched this one, but... Long and short of it is Sabine and Hera are going on a supply run that Fulcrum set them up with to get some tech from the Republic era uh, for the rebels. And while they're on the supply run, they kind of have a head to head about the fact that Hera is secretly getting information and assignments from someone who the rest of the crew doesn't know about and everyone else seems fine to trust Hera but Sabine needs more answers and Hera is not willing to currently give them uh so that is the the main point of tension throughout the episode uh the stakes are raised when as they're going on their mission the ship gets damaged and these bat wolves bat dogs Dog bats. Fearnox, apparently. Fearnox, which is a terrible <laughs> name, but very, very Star Warsy, uh, yeah. are attacking them, and they have to, you know, work together and and think through a solution until they can get help. And that's that's pretty much the whole episode. That is how it shakes out. Now I gotta ask, because uh, these are the important questions, and you're a podcaster, you're an audio guy. Um, did you manipulate the audio of the episode to try and figure out who Fulcrum was? I did not. I was. Uh, oh man, I did. I was not that hardcore. I obsessively did. I was. I did. And what's funny is, uh, I think a lot of people did because in her next appearance, it is a different actor. And Filoni admitted that they did that to throw people off the scent who were a little too curious like I was. I do remember hearing about this. I like, well, I personally did not try to manipulate the audio. <laughs> I, 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 I ate the fruit of other people's labor uh, as they were trying to figure it out and weasel it out. And I remember the <laughs> fact that they like switched it up the, the next time. Yeah, that really threw me. And that got me thinking that like maybe Fulcrum is multiple people. And I had every theory from Saw Gerrera to Lux Bonteri, but it turned out to be the obvious yet not obvious. I remember Lux being a very popular theory. I liked that theory quite a bit. Yeah, which we weren't that far off. Let's let's dig more into this episode, Ryan. Did you have other theories about who Fulcrum was besides the Lux and Saw Gerrera? Did you have any other like wild ideas? Surprisingly? I never thought it was Biggs Darklighter. 
This is the one character that I did not. Nope, it just wasn't on the radar. Um, no, I uh, I can't even really remember. I mean, I remember thinking that it might tie into uh, The Force Awakens because that was still not a thing. I don't think we even knew what that was called at this point. Um, and I, I thought everything was going to tie into The Force Awakens back then. I was dissecting every Star Wars story that came out. So yeah, I guess I thought it could have been Snoke or Uber or whatever we were calling him back then. Yeah, I'm not sure. How about you? Uh, I, I was I was big on the Lux train. Uh, probably my dark horse was uh, that Padme faked her death because dying of a broken oh, heart man. is bullshit. And that she Ooh. separated herself from her kids in order to, uh, you know, keep them safe and was secretly leading the rebellion from the shadows. Oh, man. Still love that theory. Uh, still kind of hold to it. Um, yeah. Because you can't do this to me. You know, dying of a broken heart's bullshit. But uh, yeah, yes, it is. Yeah. Single tier. Not 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 so apparently. Uh, yeah, this was a cool episode. Um, I don't think it's one of my favorites in season one. Yeah. Like like the discussions between Hera and Sabine are some of my favorite discussions. Um, yes, be- because I find the isolated rebel cells and like people could be part of the rebellion, but not know it because just their leader is like in it. I found that really fascinating. I thought that was some really yeah. interesting shit, but uh, the fear knocks don't really do much for me. They're kind of a cheesy monster. I like Star Wars monsters. These ones are kind of not too memorable for me. Yeah, I mean, in true Star Wars fashion, they do pay off later. Oh yeah, for sure. I think it's I think it's clever how they end up coming back to this base later, uh, for the specific purpose of like we know that's full of fucking wild dogs, so we'll we'll oh, yeah. get the dogs to eat the baddies. Uh, is is clever. It reminds me of three PO pulling the uh, warning off the Wampador, but um. <sighs> Their first appearance doesn't do much for me. And even their later appearance, uh, while you get some Ezra Darkseid stuff, which is cool, it's still, you know, they're still kind of cheesy. Yeah. Well, speaking of coming back to the base, um, this was back when Rebels was still reusing a lot of Clone Wars geometry and Clone Wars sets and assets and whatever, because it just needed to. It was a first season 3D animated show. And uh, this base was actually developed for Clone Wars. And I guess we're going to see it in a couple weeks in the first episode of the new season. It is the base where the whole Bad Batch thing starts off, Ford and Axes. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah, so we'll see it in its heyday. I love something that the new canon has done, which is the Rebel Alliance uh, need to use and recycle Clone Wars era weapons and tech like we saw it in battlefront 2 we saw it it, we see it a lot in star wars legion star the the rebels have shitty republic and separatist weapons uh kind of all over the place uh in their in their lists and we see it a lot in rebels uh we see them stealing y-wings we see them raiding this base for supplies uh, they even dig up clones later and, and repurpose some clones. Uh, sorry, that was mean, Rex. I'm sorry, buddy. That was a little mean, but it's true. But um, yeah, I love that. I think it. it I think it's neat. Uh, we see it in Fallen Order. Saul is using fucking gunships, which is awesome. Love that. Love everything with Saw in that game, especially. But yeah, 
Yeah, I mean, it makes sense that it wasn't really done before because we didn't know what the hell the Clone Wars were going to be. Yeah, no one... I love... No one knew what the Clone Wars was. So, like... That's how you get Drew Sabayoth, which is dumb. Oh, man. The Thrawn trilogy is not as good as you remember it being, fanboys. It is not. Put a coin in the cheesy EU reference jar. Also, we're going to get a ton of hate mail for me saying that, but it's true. You can fight me. Oh, we are. If it helps, Andy is a big Dash Rendar fan, which is astounding, because otherwise (laughs) they have great taste. I'm a child of the 90s. I can't help my love of Dash Rendar. He was hot, okay? And Zahn is great. Don't get me wrong. He did finally learn how to write women, which is a huge plus. But reread the Thrawn trilogy. It does not hold up the way you think it does. I, you know, I tried to explain uh, Pesto the Porg, my Porg on Instagram, who's got his own storyline, to Timothy at Star Wars Celebration. When he met Pesto, it was kind of like, oh, he's wearing an Obi-Wan costume. What's the deal with that? And he wasn't getting it. And he was kind of giving me that skeptical look. And I almost said, you did create Jura's Sabaoth. This is not the dumbest thing you've ever encountered. But I <laughs> I didn't say that. I'm so sorry. It was no, a pleasure you were much more polite about Porgs, Timothy. I was very polite. There's a picture out there on Pesto's account of a very confused Timothy Zahn sort of awkwardly snuggling Pesto, but kind of holding him at a distance. It's great. And like... <laughs> I'll give Zahn all the credit in the world. Uh, like, he, he reignited uh, a dwindling Star Wars fan base. Oh, yeah. There He's was the no, reason we got the prequels. There was no content coming out. And no one knew more content would be coming out. And he lit a fire in the fandom when there was nothing. So all the props to yeah. him. And I totally get why the Throne Trilogy is important in fandom, but if you reread it now, oh, doesn't quite hold up anymore. Luke. Luke. Oh, man. But we're not talking about Thrawn or Zahn. We're talking about Star Wars Rebels and only Star Wars Rebels. Only ever Star Wars Rebels. But in season three, we're going to talk about Zahn and Thrawn a whole lot. Yeah, that's true. Oh, shit. Yeah, I forgot. Thrones in this show at some point. (laughs) Yeah, right? That was wild. Anyway, in order to get there, we need to get through Fulcrum, which is sort of the main function of this episode, I think. Yeah, that's definitely the main point of this episode, is to introduce the concept of Fulcrum and the, I think, the idea that our plucky space pirate family is, is doing more than it seems. Yeah, that's alluded to when Bail Organa shows up in Droids in Distress, but not on this level. This is when it's very clear that things are already in motion. The Bail Organa appearance makes it clear that they will get into motion, but we're already there. And I, I think this one is the episode that, that fully states that Hera's the leader. I think even before now, a lot of people assumed it was Kanan because he's the, the Jedi, but this one is like, yeah. no, Hera knows shit that's going on that Kanan doesn't. Hera knows stuff and is making decisions that no one else knows about. Yeah, she is in charge, without a doubt. And, and this is, yeah. And Kanan is very comfortable not knowing. Kanan is very happy to not be in charge, which I think maybe uh, a plus for Kanan and a flaw for Kanan in his, in his character arc. Yeah, that's a good point. 
I never thought about that, huh? Like, he is humble enough to not need to be in charge. He is fine with following Hera's direction, which I would say is is a, is a plus. That is a, a character point. But I, I think one of Kanan's flaws is that he is often too happy to just go with the flow and not have to make decisions. And, and that can be a flaw for him. Yeah, I mean, and that is that makes sense because his development was basically arrested when he was a teenage Padawan whose entire function was to learn and observe and obey. So, I, yeah, I never really thought about that side of canon, but you're absolutely right. Uh, and Hera's just the best. She's the fucking coolest. I think this is the episode where I, I really started falling in love with Hera. Like, I came to the show as, like, an Ezra fan, and Sabine was awesome, and that was kind of, like, those were my two characters. But Hera became one of my favorites here because she exemplifies leadership but also confidentiality and responsibility. And she's not keeping secrets from Sabine because she wants to, like, as we'll later find out, you know, it's for everybody's own good. Yeah. I think uh, a big thing with Sabine is her passion. Uh, I mean, she's an artist and she's an inventor and she is very driven by her passion. And I think more often than not, that leads her to, uh, huge victories and also big defeats. And uh, while I would say it doesn't lead her to a defeat here, uh, she, I, I think the episode is showing that she's in the wrong here. Yes. And um, I like that we can have flawed characters in, in Rebels and that they can, they can make mistakes and they can be coming from a, a good place. Like Sabine isn't wrong in wanting to know who fulcrum is she's not wrong for wanting to be more informed but how she's going about it uh is is the reckless yeah absolutely i mean her all of her curiosity is natural and she really never crosses a line with Hera in terms of being particularly disrespectful or anything no she's just a bit stubborn yeah and i love when she compares it to her time at the academy because it was only on this rewatch out of how many that i realized huh sabine is the only ex-imperial on the crew and that gives her just a very different perspective on orders and secrecy and everything that the empire does for very different reasons that's a really good point yeah, I never thought of that before this. And as obviously, as we'll find out, her time as an Imperial was much more traumatic than even most Imperials. But yeah, the Duchess is pretty fucked up. Oh, man. I remember seeing the first half of that episode at a, an advanced screening that was like, I think it was at Celebration. And it was like six months before the episode actually premiered. And I was so curious who this Duchess was. And I had all these guesses and I was so wrong. I am so excited for going back and watching all of the Clone Wars Mandalore episodes yeah, leading into the new season, then watching all of the Rebels Mandalore episodes and then watching the Mandalorian and having like our own little Mandalore trilogy between the three shows. Oh, yeah. It's going to be fucking cool. That's going to be rad. I'm also really amped for all the people who have never seen these shows, who have only just seen The Mandalorian because it's on Disney Plus and are going to, you know, be interested and going to want to know about, you know, more of the lore, more of the history. And they're going to watch Clone Wars and Rebels for the first time. And that's so exciting. Oh, that's that is very exciting. I've already been talking to a few friends like, 
even not in the Star Wars community, just people I know from like school and work and whatever, who were unaware of this whole animated component of the saga. And Clone Wars especially is part of the Skywalker saga as far as I'm concerned. Um, but it it's, it's exciting. And The Mandalorian, like just about every episode had something where I was like, huh, if I did not know the cartoons, I would be I would have more questions than I should. Yeah, 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 absolutely. So was there anything in Out of Darkness that did not work for you besides the Fear Nox? Yeah, I just don't really like the, the little puppies. But uh, other than that, no, it's, <laughs> it's, it's it's a solid episode. I love the Phantom. Anytime we get Phantom episodes are, are good. Oh, um, yeah, such a cool ship. Uh, I think all the dialogue hits really hard. Um, I think it's starting to delve deeper into the rebellion part of Star Wars Rebels, uh, showing that there's more going on with the crew. And I think that's good stuff. Yeah. Overall strong episode. What about you? Yeah, I agree with you on that. There wasn't really anything I would have changed. You know, it, it does its job. It advances the story. Even the bats pay off later and it's, it's fun. It's a good look at everybody's personality in some ways. Like even the little moments, like when uh, Hera and Sabine are off doing their thing and Kanan's working on the ship and Zeb and Chopper and Ezra, Zeb's just trying to eat his waffles, man. And Chopper and Ezra are running wild. Like, it's a lot of... It It really is one of the early episodes that establishes the family dynamic. Absolutely. And you can't you can't really change any part of it without changing that whole thing. It's a great symphony of characters. That was the most pretentious thing I've ever said. Symphony of character. Dear God. No, it was perfect. It was wonderful. <laughs> You're hanging out with AP5. <laughs> oh, man. I think just the creature design didn't hit for me. But other than that, solid episode, no complaints, wouldn't change a thing. Yeah. All right, so uh, we don't really have a sign-off still. Yeah, we don't. Um, if no. you have a sign-off for us, suggest one. <laughs> but bef- You know where you can do that? You can do that on our Discord. We're on the Lunar Light Discord. We have a, a Forest Friends rewatch thing. Feel free to jump on there and... Uh, you can yell at me for my Thrawn opinions, I guess. <laughs> or, Careful, because they will. Or you can uh, yell at Ryan about his pork. Oh, and, man. Be um, nice to him. We have a, a Kofi if you want to toss some coins to your to your Jedi. <sighs> we could use them. Uh, Force yeah. Friends Rewatch uh, podcast. We're on Twitter. Force Friends Pod or some shit. I don't see. I don't know any of our handles. I should probably like. I think it is Force Friends Pod. You probably should, but I'm pretty yeah, sure. Yeah, I should Force learn Friends those. Pod. You'll find us. Just look. You'll find yeah. us. Use the Force. Uh, hard to find. We're yeah. loud. We are loud. I do get into it sometimes on Twitter. Whoops. <laughs> um. But yeah, that's everything. Yeah, you get replies. Should we? Should we talk about you getting that really rad reply from Kate E.K. Johnson? Oh, did I get one from E.K. Johnston? Or should we not? The, the tweet that you got from E.K. Johnston on Oh, yeah. Twitter. No, that was rad. I, I forgot about that. Yeah, that was good shit. Yeah, that um, was... E.K. E. Yeah. Johnston was doing an AMA. At, she, she wrote Queen's Shadow, and um, I would say as much as anyone is an authority on, like, Padme or Naboo culture, uh, it's E.K. Johnston. Uh, oh, yeah. And I asked her about uh, if there would ever be any non-binary or uh, transgender assigned male at birth handmaidens. And if Padme would be cool with that or if Naboo would be cool with that. And her response was was really was really good. She said, one, Padme would 100% be cool with that. And two, she almost made one of them in Queen's Shadow 
trans, but then kind of backed out last second. But uh, is uh, not for like any sort of pressure reason or anything like that. She just wasn't sure. Um, she was confident enough to do it justice, but she's been working with, um, some like sensitivity readers and trans people to, um, you know, learn about their experiences and how to better write that sort of character and is hoping to do stuff like that in Star Wars soon. So that was really cool. Is it fair to say that E.K. Johnston is the anti J.K. Rowling? Uh... Because I have said that a lot when telling people about the whole, but you would you would have a better perspective. Yeah, J.K. Rowling is an asshole, and E.K. Johnston is yeah. not. And so I would say if you are an author and you're not an asshole, you are the anti-J.K. Rowling. <laughs> That's very fair. That is, but, that is um, pretty much Star Wars has some great people working on it. Uh, Daniel Jose Older is one of the coolest people ever oh, yeah. and uh, is constantly asking challenging and deep questions from the fan community and pushing it to self-examine how they interact with gender and fandom and uh sexuality and fandom and race and fandom and i'm so happy i started following him on twitter um i love him yeah and ek johnston is awesome um alexander freed seems cool good dude yeah there's there's some really great people working on star wars right now Claudia Gray yeah, for sure. is an icon. And like half of those people you just mentioned should come on the show and tell us what the hell Project Luminous is already. Yeah, yeah sure would like to know. That's <laughs> how we're going to end this episode. What the fuck is Project Luminous? Yeah, man. And then place all your bets on Colomo Re having something to do with it. Lunar Light Studio. Pretty, witty, and gay.